Welcome to Remain. We're Arn and Trina. This one is for the weary, those still in the middle of their story of marriage, ministry, or chronic illness. This is a call to remain. And welcome back to episode, we're not sure. Yay, we're not sure what number it is. I think six or seven. That's a good sign, right? That we don't know which number it is. I'm taking that as a good sign. Anyway, yes, welcome back. We're glad you're with us today. Um, we are heading into, I mean, we have already begun Christmas week. This is the first time that our podcast is a day late. <laughs> that summarizes the kind of week we've had. <laughs> what, like your child grabbed a cactus or something over the weekend? <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? So yes, yesterday the, the toddler grabbed a cactus branch. Like, no, no. He held like the entire piece of cactus that was broken off in both hands. hands. And so there were tiny spikes um, all over his palms and around every finger. But it was Um, so bad um, that the tweezers weren't helping. The tweezers were not getting it out. We were getting some of it out, but we were there was just so much. There was no way we could get it all out. And he was, let's just say, quite unhappy about the situation i mean i thought i was a sharp guy but then i saw this cactus <laughs> no <laughs> sharp no i know uh we tried putting his hands in warm water um to kind of ease the discomfort that didn't work uh he was screaming he couldn't really hold anything and you want to tell us what we what we tried well we researched like any good parents do in the you know in this millennial season we went online and researched what to do to get cactus they called something like globicles or something weird. Like uh, this is a G-rated cactus, podcast, ma'am. spikes. But they have so, a, anyway, globules or something out of um, someone's the hand. Tweezers, warm water. And then it said that we should get some old um, hoisery, Stock. like like Stocking. pantyhose. Stocking. And, and rub his and rub wrap, it up with them in a wad and like rub it over the cactus spikes yeah and that, that didn't work did nothing even and though then, all the like people said that really helps uh oh um, smear elmer's glue all over his hands yeah, and kind of peel it put, off no it said put elmer's glue on and then while the elmer's glue is wet attach a gauze over the hand of the person and then allow it to dry for 30 minutes obviously this person was not doing this on a toddler like which toddler is gonna sit there for 30 minutes with their hands like their palms open with glue all over them and then the doorbell rang and wonderfully your friend drops off a bag of potatoes and a box which is irrelevant and and a box of wax Wax strips strips. so then we started waxing Wait, wait wait she didn't drop off the wax strips for me i was writing to her while all this drama was going on and my dad we'd even facetimed him in australia and he'd said something about why don't you try wax strips and i couldn't find any anywhere in the house so i he basically said wax on wax off no No? this is going from bad to worse so i'd randomly told my friend like on text that this is happening and like we've tried all these things and we need to try wax strips we don't have any and then she turns up at my house with a bag of potatoes and a box of wax strips so we even tried that and the wax strips did actually take mm. more off than most of the other things but his hands were like completely covered in wax and 
He was so tired by this point, it was past bedtime that he was just hysterically losing it. So he ended up giving up, rubbing his hands with oil and putting him to sleep. Some Tylenol. Um, Tylenol. And then I think in the morning, um, we just didn't talk about it. Like He said out. We ignored him. And then he forgot about it. And then we're not going to talk about cactus ever again. (laughs) I think he forgot. So long story short, I think we're okay. We're a little traumatized. Anyway, that was kind of, well, there was more going on this week than that. But that was one of the reasons that happened last night. And so we were just fried at the end of the evening. Yeah, he, he was quite uncomfortable. But at the end, I, at some point I said, son, you need to remain. Oh, no. Speaking of remain. Oh, no. <laughs> um, we, we were thinking about um, this, this theme of presence. Uh, not, not the items, but more of um, the presence, like with the... C E at the end, right? Yes, presence. Yes. The not, presence of not consumerism. God. Yes. And so the idea is because this is really linked with Christmas, and we want to um, obviously commemorate and remember uh, Christmas, um, Christ with us. We think it's kind of one of the most important things that ever happened, right? That Jesus came. But um, the reason we want to focus on it, like how we want to focus on it this week, is to really talk more about. Um, this God with us idea and the presence of God and what that means. Um, it's a very basic truth. We mm-hmm. teach our kids from a young age. God is with you. Um, you know, in times of trial, um, the verses that we've memorized is, you know, God is with you and God will never leave you. So the presence of God is just, we, we know that deep down. And yet in times of suffering, we've noticed that it seems that's the first uh, point the first truth that we start doubting that we start kind of really wrestling with yeah definitely um it's really easy to not trust the presence of god and um to not 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 trust it to believe our feelings about it and why this is just so important to me um and i know what we're sharing right now about our toddler is sounds like you know first world problems like my kid grab the cactus like it's not a big deal but I think in light of kind of what we've been through um, over the last number of years and I think anyone who's kind of been in hard times and has faced some kind of trauma from that um, when you walk through something like that your threshold your emotional threshold for dealing with um, hard things can sometimes be compromised right Mm -hmm. when you're struggling with trauma when you're struggling with kind of chronic pain or just something rough for a long time and so because of that it um like our toddler getting these cactus spikes in his hand and some other things that were going on with him yesterday uh it just it triggers a lot of kind of anxiety Mm -hmm. and reminds me of medical trauma and other things so i while it's a very simple small thing maybe um i don't kind of see it that way and that's still something that i'm working on and that's still you know i still really believe I need kind of help addressing that kind of trauma. So that kind of ties into like why I think this is important, why it's important to um, talk about and to focus on the presence of God, especially in times where we can't maybe see it or feel it. Um, And I think that's important because we have assumed that the presence of God equals uh, ease and comfort. Um, we see that in scripture, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And, and the imagery in Psalm 23 is just 
rest. It's, it's, it's a picture of shalom. Um, and, and we know that uh, in various times in scripture, when, when God shows up, there is some kind of healing or restoration. And so we've assumed, you know, somewhere in our hearts that if God is with us, it means that things will be okay, things will be resolved. Um, we've, we've bought into some of this kind of strange ideas. And so the idea of God being present and at the very same time, uh, real and deep suffering, kind of in the same sentence, is a bit of a foreign idea to us. Uh, but it was just on my mind last week as I was finishing teaching through Romans 8. In verse 35, you know, when, when that section talks about how nothing will separate us from the love of God, he's still talking about danger and trouble and famine and so on. So God's love doesn't necessarily mean that life will be easy. Those, those verses, those phrases are very dark and very heavy. And yet in the very midst of those things, right, as a child of God, as Christians, the presence of God is, is still there. Uh, but we've honestly really wrestled with that for, for quite some time. Yeah, definitely. Um, as I was looking, Arne and I were actually looking through some of my journals um, earlier today from like 2014 till now. And it is interesting how many times throughout those journals I am really wrestling with and struggling with the presence of God. Like there's so many phrases in there like, God, I know you're near, but I do not feel you near at all. God, like, where are you? Why does it feel like I'm alone at sea and like you are not there? There's just plenty like that, so much like that throughout what I've written. And so I think it's very common. It's very easy when we are going through difficulty to assume that God has kind of just up and left, that all of a sudden, like he did care, um he was there but all of a sudden he just kind of forgot about us and moved on and i think um it takes a lot of growing in our walk with god um and in like kind of maturity to not live out of our feelings at times like that and you know that's something that i'm still growing in because it's so easy especially as a enneagram type four it's so easy for me to just be just kind of live in my emotions and that is not what god has for us um his truth is so much bigger than just kind of what we're feeling at that time um i wanted to read something that i wrote i i write poetry well let's rephrase that i used to write poetry um and in one of my journals i actually saw i'd written something that it just felt like it really uh, resonated with me today um we, well, I have a dear friend whose mother is right now fighting for her life um, in hospital. And it's just a really sad situation. It's been very heavy on my heart this week. Um, I love them so dearly. And so as I read this, it kind of really reminded me of them and really reminded me of the presence of God when, you know, it feels like it's not there. Um, so this is a small, short poem that I'd written in 2015. Like the shuffle of an old man's feet, slowly through the carpeted hall, so are these days lingering even still. Here in this darkness, called to sit in the quiet places of the night, it's these hours that feel like death itself, stretching out that relentless hand once more. 
called to trust here in darkness when all my heart would up and flee run a million miles away anywhere just away from here this remain and be breathe you come to hold me here in darkness my trembling mess of scattered fears my brokenness exposed does not repel you even still and you tighten your grip once more so yeah i just wanted to share that because in the darkness it often feels like god is not there and sometimes that's when he really is and aaron's kind of going to share a little bit about that yeah um you know you kind of go back and forth between god is really there and god really left me um you know i i love how just real we can be before god and how real and honest the bible is and there are times that we have felt very uh alone uh, and very forsaken uh, but i i find comfort knowing that uh, at the cross jesus was forsaken uh, truly and completely for us so that in the end we will never be fully and finally forsaken even though we might have seasons where we really feel that um, at the end of the poem she said, and you tighten your grip once more. So it's a poem where, you know, okay, God, where are you? But it seems that there's some glimpses in the poem where there's this assurance that God is there. Um, and we have felt a number of times where in, in the middle of the hard season, though it feels that God is very distant, um, it's so hard and so uh, exhausting and so confusing that I've said several times mm. in my writings and, and to Trina that yeah. God God must be in this. It's so crazy, it's so overwhelming that God surely must be in this. And, you know, I don't remember exactly when I said that. It, it could have been when uh, doctors so were very confused, when uh, treatments um, fell through, when we faced kind of ongoing disappointment and unanswered prayers and so on. And so for a moment, we were able to just kind of pause and, and think and, and see the big picture that, okay, surely God must be um, working in this situation. Um, I think the times you've said that I've kind of done this like cynical laugh and like, I feel sad about that. And so I think that's, I mean, that's kind of another thing one day that we're going to talk about like the struggle with cynicism in mm. suffering because that's mm -hmm. a very real thing but um yeah so i think what we really need this christmas more than um more than presents we need presents right like we don't need stuff and more stuff um especially not this year <laughs> we don't need things we really need the presence of god and i mean i know so many of us around the world especially now as i know there's many more countries facing lockdowns again just in time for christmas there's so many people i know who are just longing for the presence of their friends of their family of others and um they have been basically you know starving from that all year it's been one insane year and so um this christmas what we really need is the presence of god um his nearness and to know that you know, he's not going to forsake us. He's not going to walk away. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Um, even at the times where it's 
to anyone looking at our life, it would really seem like it. It would really seem like this person's God has just walked away from them. And I think at times like that, there were seasons like that in my life um, when things were so difficult that I would pray and be like, okay, God, okay. Anyone watching me right now totally would think that like, you have failed me, but I know that you haven't failed. So I'd be like, okay, God, for your name's sake, like for your renown, like for your glory, please like show other people around me that you are at work. Um, and it's so funny because kind of in the worst seasons of my suffering, I think Aaron would say this too, right? Like we didn't feel at all like we were being a testimony to people in the midst of some of the worst parts of our mm. suffering. We felt like we were failing at showing God to people in a good way. Like we weren't doing a good job of this. <laughs> and the crazy thing is that um, we have some friends who recently went through a really difficult um, season of suffering. And the way they were responding um, in this season was just mind boggling to me. Like there were a number of times I was like, wow guys. And Aaron wrote to his friend and said like, you would not have said, what were you telling him? You I said, have... you, you wouldn't have made those comments if life was comfortable right now. He, he, my friend said uh, in the middle of a very hard season, he said, I'm tired of not trusting God. Um, and, and that I feel is, is something so kind of deep that you don't just randomly say things like that. And, and we've, as Trina was just kind of sharing that, it reminded me that um, some of our old students who were with us and in this season alongside us mm -hmm. saw the most kind of raw and vulnerable side of us. And we were very honest about how we were doing. And so they kind of walked through and witnessed uh, the season, the kind of the worst parts of the season of sickness. And I, I know and, and I hope that we were able to be an encouragement, you know, in a very kind of broken and bruised way. In a very weird um, way. <laughs> that maybe we wouldn't have been able to if everything was just nice and kind of simple. Um, but that's what we need right now. We, we need in, in this kind of crisis, rather than um, distracting ourselves, rather than fighting with each other, we need to um, long for the presence of God. Sorry, I'm going to interrupt you for one sec. Just that rather than distracting ourselves, I just want to say how um, easy that is right now. Like how easy that to take that way out is, especially for me um, when things just get too much. Um, Lately, I just kind of want to run away. I mean, I said it in this poem too, this thing of like, when all my heart would up and flee, run a million miles away anywhere away from this. So like, um, it's sometimes like a guttural response to pain. And I think a lot of people, you know, are so done with what's happening in the world today that um, we're just, you know, why are we watching oodles more Netflix all around the globe and kind of we're on social media the use of that has skyrocketed. Why? Because we're just distracting ourselves. So I think just in terms of like, um, what we don't need is the distraction. What we do need is the presence of God um, at a time when we can't have the presence of other and, people. And I think that is a deep and very much needed longing and cry for those in suffering. It's, it stands out to me as I've um, read and studied and kind of taught through the book of Job, which, by the way, is, is you know, for another podcast. And in, in fact, we've kind of joked 
with our firstborn that we're going to interview him uh, for one episode about his thoughts and reflections on, on all this and, and on Job. But it stands out to me that as Job laments and pours out his heart before God and cries out, um, you don't hear him longing for or wishing he hadn't lost his wealth and property and animals and even his children. Um, you don't hear him saying, no, God, this is unfair. I want my kids back. Although as a dad, I'm sure he would have felt that. The, the longing, the ache that you see in the passages over and over is a longing for the presence of God. So he longs to be with God, to be restored with God. And, and that is a gift in the midst of what seems to be God's absence in what seems to be in the midst of the suffering to, to want and to pursue and to kind of zero in on that, that one desire that's most important. He's like a man of one thing. Kind yeah. Of, right. Yeah. 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 Um, so I think that this Christmas, if, you know, we need God's help for this to some way in the midst of all the chaos around us um, to just really be able to, and this is me too, I need this too, to just quiet my heart, to quiet our hearts before God and to enjoy his presence, um, enjoy like his goodness, his pleasure, um, this Emmanuel God with us, um, to be in awe of that and um, just kind of overcome with the beauty and the wonder of that. Um, because it doesn't matter what's going on around us in the world, the truth of um, Jesus coming has never changed and it's not going to change. And um, it's probably the best news that we can kind of focus on right now. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think kind of moving on to that, I know everybody has like a favorite kind of Christmas um, carol or to some people just a holiday song that they love. And... I've had one favorite Christmas carol for the last probably like 12 years, maybe longer. I cannot get over this song. <laughs> and um, I can sing it in Latin. This is how much I love this song. And the Latin version sounds amazing. But um, Aaron you, was just... Do you want to read one stanza? Or do you do want you... me to read it in Latin? Or this? No. Did you want to sing a line in <laughs> Latin? I don't know. No, no, I don't. Oh. I just wanted to say I love it so much that I even know it in Latin. And I don't know any other carols <laughs> or any other songs in Latin. <laughs> what? All right. Okay. No, you can read a line of it. But it goes with our theme today. And it's O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And we, I think we like to um, read one stanza. this verse that says, O Come, Thou day spring from on high, and cheer us by thy drawing nigh. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night, mm. and death's dark shadows put to flight. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. So in that stanza, death's dark shadows are just one line away from rejoice. Mm. And I think seeing kind of those two so close together, um, we are able to rejoice in the midst of the shadows uh, because God uh, is near. God has come near through the birth of Jesus. Amen to that. Okay, see you next week. Thank you.
going to create a children's program. And our visit was the start of that. And from what they said, there was no kind of church, no ministry of any kind taking place before that. And, and so we have some funny memories of that trip, but it's just really neat to see what came out of it. Yeah. Um, That's very cool. I think we'd like to go back someday. Sorry, just on what you said about like doing a children's camp or a children's ministry and it failed. So I have to just quickly say this. When, we, when I was back there in 07, it was with a group of three other um, young ladies and we were doing a mission trip at that time. And um, this is just hilarious. So we were going to do a vacation Bible school kind of um, outreach program and they had given us this school and said that we could use the school and the kids would come there. And so we got there early and we get into this school and you would not believe this, but somehow sheep and goats um, literally got into the school with us. And so here, here we are, these um, four girls and, um, and then one of the guys from the capital um, who drove us down, who was very involved in the CEF ministry. And so he had driven us down and literally we are in this building and we are chasing out sheep and goats like wow. wild sheep and goats like there's no shepherd or anything anywhere outside and trying to get the livestock out of the classrooms before the kids come in <laughs> and it was just it was just crazy but it was i think just spectacular i think that um the atmosphere of like you know the time with those kids like i don't think anything can kind of come close to to that. How we connect with them. When we yeah. were there, we did a kids camp and um, we fell in love with the kids mm. and we needed to leave at the middle of the camp the second week because we needed to come back. And the kids uh, held hands and they made uh, a chain and they blocked off the road uh, to prevent us from leaving them. Yeah. So we fell in love. Um, we don't know them, but we're it, that's our people and, and you feel like you're home. Uh, that's kind of the impression that we got when we've gone there. But now, um, we're we're. I mean, there's a reason in, why in, we're sharing. We're this in disbelief. Yeah. We're saddened. We're um, we're just at a loss of words as we think about how um, how we were forced to give up our lands t today. I mean, just hours mm -hmm. ago, um, so over just, half of. Well, why don't you say it? Well, just as like a very brief thing. Um, yeah, this isn't something we were planning on sharing, but just in light of the fact that um, today this kind of a whole part of Artsakh, which is um, all ancestral Armenia, got 60% uh, of it got um, handed over away um, to Azerbaijan um, because of a big kind of um, war that was started. Um, in oh late september uh, sorry late october yes late october and so sorry no late september what am yeah. i saying it was september 27th yeah, and, and i think since then a couple thousand have died hundreds of thousands have lost their homes and were forced um out of that area yeah so there's um, just refugees all that have fled into armenia proper in yerevan there's refugees everywhere I mean, there's a lot you can kind of like read on this, um, especially uh, social media. Um, and um, there's a bunch of like different news reports on this, but it's just been a very interesting and very sad and difficult time for the Armenian community at large, because after the Armenian genocide uh, in 1915, I mean, you have 
like the majority of Armenians are in the diaspora, so they live around the world. And we are not um, kind of these nationalistic type of Armenian people like Aaron and I. Like obviously we, you know, we're thankful for our Armenian culture and heritage, but we're not, you know, diehard, um, oh, Armenia only and fans like that. And we really value kind of being a follower of God and then a citizen of the world, you know, uh, in the sense of like how we are called to love like every nation, every tribe, every tongue. And we don't like believe in just sticking to like only within ourselves, like, oh, as Armenians. But this, but we what's happening, we do, this we love our people. Our and what's happening um, is just really um, shocking and so disappointing and so painful. And it's just caused, um, I think it's really caused a lot of Armenians. The beauty out of it is it's caused a lot of Armenians to really come together and to kind of be unified and like um, trying to serve um, our people in Armenia as best as we can. So I think we just want to bring a little bit of awareness maybe to what's going on but, there. If you haven't heard about it, that's why I wanted to share our favorite memory. Um, but Armenians everywhere are hurting. Uh, yeah. We just got a notice that our son's school is uh, has an Armenian support group for Armenian families in the our school. Our son is at a public are, school. Who are struggling. Southern, yeah. But I think that is tied to all the the loss of this year there's this kind of collective loss and lament and groaning and that i think is tied to our story and i think that's another reason why we feel like we need to do this podcast we need to speak up we need to do our part to come alongside those who are hurting to those who are still very much in the middle of their hard season and story mm. to encourage them to remain um yeah. so i think we can end there and that can be anyone it can be um, anybody, anywhere, it can Who's be going through that Armenians and non-Armenians. So this is not, obviously this podcast is for everybody and anybody. Um, but we just wanted to bring a little bit of awareness of what's happening in Armenia right now and why it's just been very heartbreaking. Um, and you know, if you know Jesus and you pray, please pray. Pray for, I know there's just so much pain in this world. And this year, like I think our collective capacity for pain is just at an all-time low because we're all just, everyone's in pain in some way. But, you know, if you have some capacity to pray, um, pray for Armenia and kind of the people there who are really just really hurting at the moment, especially today, as this is when a whole bunch of land was lost today and the numbers of refugees are growing basically every day in Armenia. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty that's, much it. That's what's on our mind. That's a little bit of our story. Hope and that we'll helped you to get to know us a little bit. Next time. Yes. Sorry. Thanks I'm for like listening. talking over my husband. All right. <laughs> Thank you.